clap of praise. Hallelujah. Glory. So in preparing for today, I, I wanted to give you something that would fit in for this day, <clears throat> that would encourage you, that would lift you up, and set us on a course, amen, uh, uh, for what God wants us to do, and carry on as we look back, and much has already been said about the past and different ones in the past, and uh, I, I want us to just consider that uh, just for a few minutes today. I'm going to be going to the book of Second Timothy, the second chapter, and we're going to read the first three verses of Second Timothy, Paul's letter to Timothy. Hallelujah. He says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the, in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Lord, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you for the privilege, Lord, to stand behind this desk one more time. Thanking you, God, for what you have carried us through, what we've been able to achieve and accomplish. We know it's all been by your grace and your mercy. But now, Lord, I'm asking God that starting right now, this day, that you will re-energize every heart and every soul of every member of this congregation to let us know where we're at right now and what you want have us to do until that day that you come to take your church to be with you forever. Anoint me today to deliver this message as you have placed upon my heart. And we'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. I want to speak to you today on a subject titled, Carrying the Torch and Passing it On. Carrying the Torch and Passing it On. The scripture that we read for our text in Timothy, we're going to be breaking that down piece by piece as I go through the message. But the few things that he said in those words, Paul told young Timothy, which was a man that he was mentoring, a young man preparing him, he told him to be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. And he said, and the things that thou hast heard of me, or one translation says, the things that, uh, the things that you have learn, uh, uh, learned of me, or I have handed to you, I have, a, I have a Bible back there that's got 26 different translations, and some of them really get amazing how it's broke down. But the things that you have received of me, by many witnesses, the same 
you commit to others or you teach others or you pass on to others. Faithful men, not just anybody, but faithful people who shall be able to teach others also. And then finally he said to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. As a study, uh, one who loves history, I, I get into it real deep at times, and uh, everybody knows by now I, I quote a lot of this president's uh, words. And let me say this on the onset. I don't have no uh, uh, false views about uh, President John F. Kennedy. I understand that the man was not uh, a good moral man as far as morals go. Uh, he got into a lot of situations. Uh, but President John F. Kennedy turned out to be a, a good leader of this country. And many don't know and realize that we came closer to a nuclear holocaust during his years in office uh, than in any other time since the creation of the atomic bomb. And it was his stickability that made Russia back off when Russia already had the missiles loaded on ships, had them halfway to Cuba, and was going to set up a missile base in, in Cuba right at our doorstep. Uh, and uh, he stood up. He says, no, it's not going to happen, not on his watch. But on January the 20th, 1961, President John F. Kennedy gave his inaugural address and I want to share just a small segment of that speech because I believe that it can uh, adapt to where that we are as a church body on this 68th homecoming day. And I want to uh, apply it to some spiritual things. And this is part of his speech, and I quote from his speech. John F. Kennedy said, The world is, a very, is very different now. For man holds in his mortal hands the power to abolish all forms of human poverty, but also have in its, uh, in, in its hands the ability to abolish all forms of human life. And yet the same revolutionary beliefs for which our forebears fought are still at issue around the globe. The belief that the rights of man, oh my, the belief that the rights of men come not from the generosity of the state, but from the hand of God. Members of his party needs to remember that today. That our human rights does not come from the government. Hallelujah. They come from the, from the hand of God. He went on to say, we dare not forget today that we are the heirs of that first revolution. Let the word go forth from this time and place to friend and foe alike that the torch has been passed 
to a new generation of Americans born in this century, tempered by war, disciplined by a hard and bitter peace, proud of our ancient heritage, and unwilling, oh God, unwilling to witness or permit the slow undoing of those human rights to which this nation has always been committed and to which we are committed today at home and around the world. As I read these words of President John F. Kennedy, the words that he spoke that day was to remind us that Americans hold a valuable heritage which has been fortified by things such as war and many other hard struggles. He spoke of being heirs to that first revolution and that we as a people have always been unwilling to permit the undoing of human rights. But today, it seems like people sit around all the time and let those same human rights that he talked about be swept away and not try to say anything or do nothing about it. That's a shame. Hallelujah. He said the torch had been passed to a new generation. I wonder what he would think of those who now despise our heritage and in many instances have allowed the flame of that torch to flicker at the point of going out. Now, moving on from the political woes of a nation that's in trouble, I give you that opening statement to remind us that we as a church, a church family, as has been said today, are placed in similar circumstances as what Kennedy described so many years ago. Today, on this day, on this homecoming day, we celebrate a heritage a heritage not just of a single congregation that was formed in the month of June 1948, but the heritage of a church birthed on Pentecost over 2,000 years ago, a heritage which was forged by the pain, suffering, and death of one man. And I'm talking about Jesus Christ. And let's give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. If I'm to share anything with you today, I want you to hold on to this and leave, and leave with this today. We hold a valuable gift that's been handed down and passed on from generation to generation by men and women who chose death rather than allowing the flame of the torch to die and to burn out. And I thank God for that heritage. Hallelujah. Glory to God. As I look down and I see Sister Debbie here today, I think many times how, amen, back in those days, those men and women who forged a trail that makes it so easy for us. Brother Penrod told me, amen, of his mother sitting by an old pup organ by the window of a church, pumping away as they was worshiping God. Amen. And if I'm not mistaken, she probably will know the story. Somebody 
somebody breaking the window of the glass. Amen. Beside her because they hated this message. All all she did was just shake the glass out of her hair and kept on pumping that organ. Oh, that's where we come from, folks. Hallelujah. And we ought to be ashamed of ourselves if we want to sit back. Amen. And make it easy. This thing was born in the far. And it's always been in the far. And if you're going to make it, you're going to go through it. Hallelujah. Glory. I thought about Brother, Brother Angle, one of my mentors. As Brother Dallas and Sister Brenda was singing that song. One thing it makes me desire to push on. One thing that I can honestly, by the grace of God, is God knowing my heart better than anybody. Me standing behind his desk and preaching the adulterated word of God without without fear or favor. Amen. The word they're gonna come through the door one day and put me in the cuffs and hand me off. I think about Amen, Brother Carl Angle. Amen. Standing in an old river somewhere in West Virginia. Amen. Baptizing people. And as he started to baptize one woman, there was a bridge that crossed that river. And somebody hollered, Hey, preacher! Brother Carl looked up, and there was a man on that bridge who was upset about his wife being baptized in Jesus' name. He said, Preacher, he said, if you take my wife under, I've got a bead on you now, and I'm going to pull the trigger. And Brother Carl said, You better start shooting because I'm going to start ducking. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And he did it! And he did it! That's the heritage! That's a torch that's been passed on to me! And I won't let it die! I won't let it go out! As much as there's breath in my body, I'm going to declare that same truth! Hallelujah! I told that story one time. Somebody asked me after service, well, whatever happened about that? Brother Carl baptizing that woman with that man standing on that bridge with that shotgun pointed at him, told him if he took his wife under in Jesus' name, he was gonna he was gonna pull the trigger. I said he baptized her, and in the next week he was baptizing that man. I'm talking about a heritage that we have that's more precious than gold. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's what I told you a while ago. We're still here reaping from the benefits of those men and women of bygone days. We hold a valuable gift handed down and passed on from generation 
to generation by men and women who chose death rather than allowing the flame of the torch to die and burn out. Now we hold the torch. Do you hear me? Glory God. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I got the torch. Come on. To look at your neighbor and say, I've got the torch. Hallelujah. Now let me ask you, if you got it, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to hold it high? Are you going to let it flicker out? Are you going to pack, pass it on and carry it? Oh, glory. Hallelujah. And now we hold that torch. We must carry it high until it's time to pass it on to those who prove they will be faithful to continue to run until the race will end when Christ returns to take us on home. Hallelujah. If this message is so true, if this flame is so important, and if it's so important that I'm to run with it and to carry it high, then I'm also obligated when it comes time for me to pass it on that I don't pass it just any Tom, Dick, and Harry Hallelujah, that comes along. Somebody that's in and out, up and down. Come on now. Hallelujah. But what you have, what God has been blessed with you, the Bible says, whatever it is God has given you, he said you pass that on when it's time, but you do it to, to faithful people, to faithful men, men and women, glory to God, that have proven their self. Hallelujah. That's what the Word expects of his people today. Hallelujah. There's a few things that I want to break down this scripture in Second Timothy. And I want to leave with you today. Amen. Number one, I want to talk about standing strong in grace. Standing strong in grace. I don't know how many of you ever follow any of the Olympics. But once the Olympic torch has been lit, the same flame is used to light each succeeding torch until the last runner reaches the top of the steps and the basin is lit at the top. The fire was passed to the church at Pentecost. Can somebody say amen? And we must remain faithful to the flame by never introducing anything to replace the original flame given from God himself. Yeah, I would like to see the church grow faster. I'd like to see the pews fill up more. But guess what? We're not going to introduce some strange fire to get it done. Hallelujah. We've been given a heritage. Hallelujah. People have entrusted to us. Amen. Amen. They gave us their confidence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can still see Brother Hale with tears in his eyes. Hallelujah. That day I went down and talked to him. He said, Brother Sammy, I poured my life in this work. And I've had a lot of preachers come through. He, but he looked at me with tears in his eyes. He said, I believe you will hold this work faithful. I believe that. Hallelujah. So I stand today. Amen. Not say, not just saying, I will not. Amen. Go against my God. But I won't go against those forefathers who passed something on to me and who trusted with me. 
that flame once that Olympic torch is lit. Some carries it for some, then it's passed on until finally the last one goes up those steps and, and lights that basin. The fire was lit at Pentecost for the true body of Christ. And we got an obligation today, church, to let that same fire continue to burn within us. There were two priests in Moses' time, younger man who came up, who began to work in the office of the priest. Their name was Nadab and Abihu. The Bible says that God slew those men because they offered strange fire. Hallelujah. I began to study that. I've heard it preached about many times. And I had a lot of people give different interpretations in their belief. But when I began to study topology and the temple, I found out that once Moses got that tabernacle built and put in order the way God had told him to, when they dedicated that place, the fire from heaven fell that lit that altar. And listen, every fire that burnt in that tabernacle had to come from the fire of the altar. The high priest would get some fire from that altar and he would go into the holy place and with the same fire he would light the altar of incense that burnt that. With the same fire he would light the seven golden candlesticks with the same fire. They had everything had to come from the fire that came from God. Nadab and Abihu came by with a shortcut. They didn't want to stop at the altar. Oh, we let me tell you, we got some preachers today need to shut up until they get to the altar them own self. We can't bypass the altar. I don't care how long I've been preaching. I can't by, bypass the altar. I got here early this morning. Nobody else around. I came to the altar and I knelt. Glory to God. I do not stand before people. And... Somebody, hallelujah. I've let myself down a lot of times through the year, but God has never let me down. Never let the anointing on my, on my ministry down. And one reason... For that, as I made a commitment a long time ago, Brother Wayne, I don't try to stand before people until I kneel before my God. You know yourself if you go anywhere. That's a lot of preaching. And some of them can preach better and passing words than I can. But there's fewer and fewer people that's got the true anointing. We got a lot of false junk out there. Hallelujah. People that couldn't pray their way out of a wet paper sack. There's no anointing. And it takes the anointing to destroy, not break, but destroy the owl. Can somebody say amen? Woo. My, my Lord, he said, stand strong in the grace. 
Apostle Paul told Timothy, who was one of the many who the torch of truth was passed on to. If you remember my opening text, 2 Timothy 2 and 1, the first thing he said, 2 Timothy 2 and 1, there, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Church, Paul knew if those he passed the torch on to was going to be able to carry it high, they had to be strong. Hallelujah. If we're going to carry on the great heritage that's been handed to us, that's been given to us, we got to be strong. But I'm not talking about being strong in will. I got the willpower. I can do this. That ain't what I'm talking about. Not strong in will, nor strong in human effort. Your human effort means nothing with God. <laughs> Glory. Human effort don't mean nothing with God. How many remember the story of Moses when God called him and he saw the burning bush and he noticed the, the flame was going but the bush was not being consumed? And he said, I'm going to get a little closer, see what this is all about. So he began to head towards that bush, and God spoke audibly from the bush and said, Moses, take the shoes off your feet because you're standing on holy ground. You know what? Man, that, that, that right there bumfuls with me for years. I'm, I'm a little slow. Sometimes it takes me longer. But most of the time, once I get it, I, I usually keep it for a while anyway. But why did God say, take your shoes off? And I was praying and fasting one day, and it seemed like God put in my heart. God says, Moses was trying to approach me by something man-made. Those sandals was man-made. God was actually telling Moses, don't never try to approach me with some kind of man-made junk. Take them shoes off. Approach me with what I've created you with. Oh, hallelujah. You cannot approach God with nothing man-made. Hallelujah. A lot of churches are floundering today and have no power because they keep trying to include man-made stuff. The only thing that's going to do the job in this hour that we live is the anointed power of God. Can somebody say amen? Hallelujah. You see, Paul knew that those who he passed the torch to, if they was going to carry it high, they was going to have to be strong but not strong in their will or their human effort. Their strength had to be in the grace of Jesus Christ. The grace of Jesus Christ. Romans 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, being justified by how good I am, therefore, being justified by how many times I jump and shout in church service. Therefore, being justified by faith, 
we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. I'm talking about standing strong in grace. Church, if we're going to carry this thing on from this day forward and we got the torch that's been passed on, we got to remain strong in this hour of wickedness in this hour of things that are happening right and left. Man, it's happening so fast that it almost makes me dizzy at times. We got to stand strong, but not in your strength, not in your will, not in your effort, but we've got to stand strong in the grace of Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen to that? Listen, church, you cannot rely on your own power. You can't rely on your goodness. You can't rely on your fortitude to help you stand and carry the torch. Your strength is by God's grace and His grace alone. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. Don't never try to bypass that. Ephesians 6, chapter chapter 6, verses 10 and 11. And I'm going to move on. (coughs) Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Many people fall flat on their face. Even going through, trying to get through simple things like just bad habits in their life once they come to God. And the reason why they fail is they, they, they rely on what they can do. One day I'm going to get strong enough, I'm going to lay that down. You know what? You ain't going to never lay it down. You got to break that pride and quit thinking how much a macho man you are and be willing to walk down the aisle, amen, and humble yourself to say, I've been carrying this habit a long time. I know I want to get closer to God, and I know I can't get closer to God until I lay it down. So will you please help me pray and break this thing? If God don't do it, amen, his word's a lie. But you can't rely on your strength, your ability. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So we stand in strong in the grace. Number two, then we got to pass it on. Hallelujah. Not only are we here in this congregation and the church of Jesus Christ as a whole are carrying the flame from Pentecost, but we are to pass it on unto others. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2. And the things that thou hast heard of me. Oh, I gave you some other translations a while ago. Let me paraphrase this. And the things, amen, that you have learned from me by among many witnesses, the same commit or pass on to other faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Hallelujah. Let me ask you a question today. What? Are you leaving behind to those that are coming up before after you? Come on. 
Hallelujah. We're only not just responsible to carry that torch right now and do what we're doing now, but you should be thinking about who can I, whose life can I pour into? Come on, somebody. I've had many men and some women who's poured into my life. Hallelujah, to get me, amen, to the point and place that I am. But I do my best to try to pour the same thing into others so this thing can go on. As I get older, amen, and I battle more with certain physical ailments, I understand that the older I get, the slower I will become. Amen, and, I, and maybe I won't be able to run as fast as what I did. But praise God, amen, I realize and understand that I have got to pour into other men, amen, who can carry this thing on, amen, that the flame won't die out with me, but it will continue to burn until Jesus Christ comes. And you should have the same purpose in your life. You should have the same purpose for you to be totally faithful. And let me slow down. Let me say this, please. Get this. I believe everybody in here has a desire to be faithful to God. Well, for you to be totally faithful in what, uh, whatever call he's placed in you, and we all here got different callings, different abilities, different talents. But if you're going to be faithful to whatever it is God has instilled with you, then you're going to be sensitive to the voice of God and also the talents of those coming up behind you. Hallelujah. We got to be sensitive to God's voice for whenever He speaks to us. To say, when God says, Look at there, I've got my hand on that one. I remember when I was a kid, long before I ever started preaching, and we began to, we'd visit various places, and my mother, my mother was from a, a Church of God background, which is, 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 is a branch of Pentecostalism, and so some of her people was involved in that, and every once in a while we would go to different places, but I can remember, even though vaguely, I realize it's been a long time, but. I remember going through them old time, uh, what they used to call healing lines, that all the Pentecostal churches used to get, used to have all the time. And they were several times that I would go through just a kid, simply because my mom and dad was walking up there, and I didn't want to be left alone uh, in the um, in the pew. Many times, the preacher or evangelist, when they was laying on hands, there were several times they would, occasionally, they would stop and, and, after, and pray for me, and then one, 
when I'd be walking on, they'd say, I don't know what it is, but I sensed the hand of God on that young child right there. Happened to me more than one time. And we got to be sensitive to the voice of God because God may just put something in your heart to say, you watch this person. I've got plans for them. That's why when, when, a, when a little child comes to me, like what come to me this morning, say, all bright-eyed and, and looked up at me, Brother Sammy, can I sing today? I try to stay sensitive to those because you know what? And I, there won't be no jealous spirit in me whatsoever, but, man, I'd be thrilled to death if that child would grow up, amen, and affect three times as many lives as what I've been able to do in my life. By the grace of God, and God is, God is doing some transformation right now in my life and my ministry. And he's already spoke to me about about some things. Amen. That I that I'm praying about and I'm seeking the Lord about right now. But I I'm getting to be more and more about trying to pour something into somebody because we've got to have more men, more women carrying the torch. And we gotta quit talking about that the youth is a church of the moral. Let me tell you something. If you ain't seen what's happening in Washington lately, if you did, you'd realize we ain't gonna be no tomorrow. If they're gonna be part of the church, it's gotta be now. Oh, hallelujah. If you're going to stay faithful to whatever it is God has called you, then you've got to be willing to pour in somebody else's life. Exodus 18, 13 through 18. And so it was on the next day that Moses set to judge the people. And the people stood before Moses from morning unto evening. So when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did for the people, he said, What is this thing that you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit and all the people stand before you from morning until evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a difficulty, they come to me and I judge between one and the other. I make known the statutes of God and his laws. So Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you do is not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourself out. For this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself. Can I tell somebody, quit trying to carry the whole load yourself. Hallelujah. Begin to train somebody else. Amen. That can help carry the load. Because you're not going to be able to stand this thing alone. The last point, and I'm going to come to a close. The third thing I want to share is man up for the task. If there's one thing I can't hardly stand about this generation coming up right now, is there's just simply too many crybabies involved. We just celebrated... 
the invasion of D-Day on June the 6th. And Europe is free today and people from Europe and around the world ain't standing up the soldiers coming by and everybody doing this because there was some young men who spilt their blood and their guts on the beaches of Normandy when they stormed that beach. Hallelujah. That generation was doing that. We got too many in this generation whining and crying and carrying on. Well, this just ain't fair or this ain't right or that ain't right. If you see some kind of injustice, don't you think you ought to be man or woman enough to stand up and start writing some change to make a difference? Hallelujah. I believe God wants us to man up for the text. Second Timothy 2 and 3 is the last part of that scripture I began with. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. My, my. Endure hardship as a good soldier. It seems like to me that every generation that comes along today gets softer and softer. Church, we can't float downstream with the current. <laughs> We can, let, let, just let me put it this way. It's easier for us to just float downstream with the current than to put those oars over to the side and begin to paddle against the current. Hallelujah. But people are not willing to do that today. That's one reason why things are getting worse and worse. Somebody talked a while ago about things getting worse and worse. That's one reason why, because nobody's willing to stand up and speak out. Nobody's willing to try to do something. Hallelujah. If you go back and you study the book, you'll find God's people have always been people willing to take a stand. And it's no different in this day and hour. With all, with all the injustice that's going on in the world, everything that's going on, God is looking for men and women that's, that's here and that's there and that's everywhere else. Amen. Willing to stand up and say, no, this ain't right. Do it with love, not hate. Hallelujah. I still believe you can preach the truth in love. You don't have to hate somebody. Because I don't believe God, I don't, I don't believe there's no hate in God. I believe, I believe God loves a person. He may hate the sin, but he loves the soul. Listen, church, there will always be rejoicing in serving God. I want you to understand that. Times are renewing, and Sister Debbie, if you would, make your way to the keyboard. Times are renewing and refreshing. We are given blessings and benefits in abundance from the Father. I have them all the time. I get blessings from God all the time. Somebody says, the Lord supplies your needs, not your wants. I don't believe that. Because there's a lot of things I didn't need, I wanted, and my Father let me have it. 
That's not brag, that's fact. The Bible said if a man's ways please the Lord, he would give him the desire of his heart. If you don't believe that, get your unique pen and scratch that verse out of the Bible. Hallelujah. Amen. I, let, let, me, let me take you out to our little five-acre spot and what I've got, and I can show you an awful lot that I have that I don't need. And guess what? There's a lot you got in your house that you can live without. But guess what? Your, your father in heaven, your daddy loves you. And he not only wants just to supply your needs, but just like any father, amen. Why in the world did I spend all those years not getting no sleep on Christmas Eve night, sitting up while everybody else is snoozing, putting junk together for the next morning? With Darlene standing over there and saying, read the instructions, read the instructions. And me, just like any man thing, oh, I don't need the instructions. I can do this. Uh-oh. I stepped on some time. <laughs> 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 My Lord. I realize now that I'm older, I could have got to bed a whole lot sooner. <laughs> Glory to God. There's going to be times of rejoicing in serving God. There's going to be times of refreshing and renewing. We're going to be blessed. But never forget, never forget that with all that, there are hard struggles, there are trials with persecution and spiritual warfare. So many times to carry the torch, you've got to just suck it up and fight the cause. I hear God telling his people in his church, man up, man up, suck it up. Yeah, it's going to be some hard times. There's going to be some persecution. Didn't I tell you in my word, they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But that's not, that never has stopped the church from getting the job done, and it never will. One final scripture, and I'm going to close. 1 Timothy 6 and 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Church, let's keep fighting. After 68 years, we've carried this flame. We've got a lot of young ones around here that we can, I, we can say, ah, I see God's hand in this one. I see God's hand in her. And we can be ready to pass that torch on with pride. Carrying. Amen. And passing on the torch. Let's stand together. If anybody wants prayer today, the altars are open. We will be glad to pray with you. Amen. Of your particular need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.